Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, it's the post-game podcast from the Wolves' New Year's Day loss to the New York Knicks in OG Ananobi's debut. We'll talk about what happened to the Wolves in this one, including, I don't know, maybe a quarter and a half of the worst basketball the Wolves have played, call it, since Atlanta in Game 3 back in October. It, it was a rough one at times. Still a good comeback in the second half. Some key Jordan McLaughlin minutes. We'll talk about the rotation. We'll talk about the rebounding issues and uh, everything really to do with this game. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code, all lowercase, NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the postgame pod from the Wolves. Disappointing matinee New Year's Day loss to the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. There uh, is a lot to talk about from this one. It's a it was a really a fun game overall, although the worst, uh, some of the worst basketball I've seen the Wolves play in months, literally, maybe all season um, in the middle stages. So I want to break that down a bit, talk about the rotation, some of the tweaks Chris Finch made on both ends of the floor throughout the game, and uh, my take on on what the biggest issues were in this one. So we'll do all that here today. A big thank you off the top for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you'd like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on either Roku or Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow me on X at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Or you can follow the show and or, hopefully and, follow the show account at Lockdown T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right. Um, so I was a bit, I was a bit, uh, I guess dubious that the Wolves could emerge victorious in this one. I thought, I thought they'd be okay. I think I said that on the show on Monday, they were one point underdogs when I, or sorry, one point favorites when I recorded Monday show on Sunday afternoon. And I don't know where that line closed at, but you know, being OG and Anobi's debut, being on the road for an afternoon game on New Year's Day, like the Knicks hadn't played since Saturday either. So there was no really rest or travel advantage or disadvantage at play. But there was a lot of energy. I mean, the Knicks announcers who were on NBA TV were talking about, you know, basically there being as much energy in the crowd there at Madison Square Garden as they'd had pretty much all season. They talked about, like, I think it was after the first three they made, like, hey, that's a bigger cheer for, I, granted it was in Adobe, but, uh, you know, the biggest cheer we've heard for a first quarter three-pointer all year or whatever. Um, so all that to say, like, this was never an easy game. The Knicks are good, right? Like, they gave the Wolves a tough time in Minnesota a few weeks ago. They're a good team. Um, so this isn't like a horrific list loss by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it was certainly disappointing because there were a lot of things the Wolves did really well. They actually started really well. I was worried about a slow start. They were up, uh, I think, double digits briefly in the first quarter. They closed the first quarter up by nine points over the Knicks. They were efficient offensively. I believe Ant had 15, 14, something like that in the first quarter. Cat um, looked good. Like He scored on the Wolves' first couple of possessions. The... the um, the shot making was good. The shot selection was good. The defense was fine. Um, you know, the Knicks had a couple of moments there. They got to the line quite a bit, I think, early, you know, first quarter. Um, but up nine at the end of the first, it, it's hard to complain about that. And then all of a sudden, 
the wheels came completely off in the second quarter. And I'm going to get back to that in a second. And that continued into the third, and the Wolves eventually pushed back at the end of the third. I want to break down some of the lineup stuff. We'll get to all that. But if you look at this game from a macro perspective, the reason why I'm so disappointed is they got off to a good start. They came back from a big deficit and were competitive enough to get it to within, I think, as close as four or five in the fourth quarter. And and you look at the box score, and I'm going to throw up these stats now. I'll put them up again later, too. But uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to put up these stats the Wolves actually outshot the Knicks from the field by almost four points, three and a half points. Uh, Wolves shot over 47% from the field. The Knicks were under 44% from the field. The Wolves did not shoot enough threes in this game, but they only made one less three. They turned it over a lot early, far too much, but they ended up equal in terms of the turnover battle. Um, they shot one more free throw, they made one more free throw. Like all these key stats you look at, and, and and it's very rare. In fact, I believe this is the first time this season the Wolves have outshot an opponent in terms of sh- just field goal percentage from the, f- you know, just overall field goal percentage, which is obviously not like the be all end all, but it's something we're tracking with this Wolves team because their opponent field goal percentage against and effective field goal percentage against is so good. Um, I believe this is the first time all season the Wolves have won the field goal percentage battle, if you will, and then lost the game. And they indeed, they won by 3.6 points in terms of field goal percentage. But because of rebounding, and you can see that stat there on your screen if you're on YouTube, the Wolves were a minus 15 on the glass in this game. And that is uh, essentially why they lost this one, right? Like it pretty much boils down to that. So, you know, at times they played really strong defense. So with the defense being as solid as it was and the offense actually overall being, you look at the whole, the, you know, the, the body of work, the 48 minutes, it was solid. You know, the box score looks good in terms of team numbers offensively. You feel like this is a game you could steal on the road. You shouldn't have to steal. Like You should just outright win it, right? But the middle stages of this game were so bad that that's you know, the Wolves just dug themselves a hole that was just a little too big to dig out of in the road, or on the road, excuse me, in the fourth quarter. The second quarter was an absolute disaster. The Timberwolves rolled out a lineup to start the second quarter of Mike Conley, Troy Brown Jr. at the two, Kyle Anderson at the three, Nas Reed and Rudy Gobert. Um, I haven't. I you know what I should have done is I should have pulled how often those that that five some has played together. I don't know that they have. Troy Brown doesn't play a whole lot at the two, but you know I even said on I think it was even yesterday's show. I think on Monday I was saying like, hey, Troy Brown's got to find the Wolves have to find six eight minutes for him every night to get him on the floor because he does so many good things and he did it Saturday against the Lakers against his former team. Well, this was Chris Finch in a, in a way trying to fit that square peg into a round hole by putting Troy Brown at the two and just saying like, Hey, let's go with this big lineup with limited shot creation and see what happens. And that lineup was not it on either end of the floor. And I, you know, certainly with no Carl Anthony Towns or no Anthony Edwards, you worry about what that offense is going to look like. And that wasn't good. But the lack of perimeter quickness and you know lateral quickness in general with this lineup was was just as big of an issue. With no Jaden McDaniels and no Nikhil Alexander Walker on the floor, there's really no reason the Wolves should not always have one of those two on the floor. And and I I'm not as hard and fast of like you can't steal any minutes with no answer cat. I, I don't know that there's any reason not to, especially on a night that's not a back to back you know on either end, right? So it seems a little silly to me to not have one of those guys on the floor. Like, really, you should always have one of Anterkat and one of Alexander Walker or McDaniels. I, like, depending on opponent, like, there's some exceptions in there. But with a team with Jalen Brunson and, you know, even a guy like OG Ananobi, who's not necessarily attacking and creating his own shot all that often uh, in the half court, uh, 
And even with Julius Randle, like there were times the Wolves were using McDaniels and Alexander Walker to guard Randle too. It wasn't strictly Carl Anthony Towns that was checking Julius Randle. So it seems a little weird that Finch tried to roll out that lineup with no cat, no ant, no Alexander Walker and no McDaniels. And over the course of the, you know, the early stages of the second quarter, the Wolves just like they had it handed to them. I mean, they, they, what, what was the run? The Wolves were up by nine at the start of the quarter and the Knicks went on a, a 17 to seven run to put the Knicks up by a point. And then that run just kept going. So it was what? 17, seven. Then they scored another five. So it was, it was a 22 to seven before the Timberwolves really started kind of fighting back. And the Knicks ended up winning the second quarter, 38 to 17. 38 to 17. The Wolves are a minus 21 in the second quarter in this game. And it was almost entirely the, the the first chunk of that that allowed the Knicks to eat away at that nine point lead and almost immediately take their own lead four or five minutes into the quarter. That was because of the lineup that Chris Finch had on the floor. And, and I'm a huge Chris Finch defender. I said back when they were losing last year, like, hey, it's far too easy to just blame the coach. And it's the old, it's easier to fire the coach than the players. Like, I get that. I get that that's part of it. Chris Finch is a good coach. This was a bad, a a bad lineup choice, uh, a bad rotation where he, for some reason, felt the need to try and steal minutes with without any without either of his best two perimeter players or his leaps and bounds best two offensive players. And, and maybe it was like, hey, Nas had a big game Saturday. Troy Brown was good Saturday. Like Nas can carry us, and he can, you know, Anderson can create and get looks for Conley and Brown like that. That just it was too idealistic, and it did not work. Um, also, it allowed Jalen Brunson to get cooking. Brunson started this game 0 for 5 from the field. And McDaniels and Nick Alexander Walker did a great job on him in the first quarter. But then in the second quarter, with those guys off the floor, he got hot. The Timberwolves defense was okay, but they were a little bit slow. They had too many lapses in the second quarter. And then the offense, of course, had no flow. And all of a sudden now you're minus, what did I say, minus 17 in the quarter? Uh, no, sorry, minus 21 in the quarter. And you're down at halftime by, uh, were they down by nine? No, they were down by more than that. They were down by 12 at halftime. Um, and it was because of that rotation. I want to get to the third quarter and then that tipping point where the Wolves finally started to push back, and then I'll get to my key takeaways and individual studs and duds. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. There are our title sponsors here today. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. Basketball season is now more than a third of the way over. And believe it or not, this is the final week of the NFL season. Uh, You can still, there still is time though to head over there and pick from the specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections where you can cross sports or leagues. For example, if the Lakers are playing the same night as the Chiefs, don't know if that still happens this weekend, but you could take LeBron and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half point combo of three pointers made plus receptions. Pick more than or less than and watch your winnings roll in that way. They also offer a reboot policy so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that has an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA and use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA, code LockdownNBA, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Um, so in the third quarter, the Timberwolves got down by as many as 22 points, and things really looked like they were spiraling. And uh, then Chris Finch decided to put in Jordan McLaughlin. And when McLaughlin enters the game, the Timberwolves were down by, I'm going to get the exact number here, but this is with a little bit more than four minutes to play uh, in the third quarter. Uh, 422, the Wolves are down by 21. They'd been down by as many as 22. McDaniels had just split a pair of free throws. They're down 21 when McDaniels comes in. And this lineup is, uh, it's it's uh, excuse me, when McLaughlin comes in. It's McLaughlin, uh, it's Anthony Edwards, and it, it's other bench guys. It's Nas Reed. It's Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, and I believe Kyle Anderson was on the floor at that point in time too. So it's strictly bench players, except for Anthony Edwards. And for the rest of the quarter, the Wolves go on a run where they chew five points off the deficit. They go from twenty-one down to sixteen down, and they had multiple opportunities to get much closer. They were down fourteen, and Nas Reed missed a wide open three from the left slot. Um, Ant missed a three in there too. Like it could have easily been an 11 or 12 point deficit. Instead, it's back up to 16 at the end of the quarter. Uh, but what that did is it gave the Wolves um, not true switchability because obviously McLaughlin's a little bit limited due to his size defensively, but he at least was fighting through screens, screens more effectively and more quickly. Uh, I thought he was better at, at that portion of at fighting through screens than McDaniels was for much of the night. Um, Alexander Walker was his typical solid self doing that. Uh, McDaniels struggled a bit on both ends of the floor in this game. Um, and... McLaughlin provided a spark on both ends. He had a couple of quick steals. He hit an open three-pointer, had a quarter three rattle out. He hit a floater in the lane. He hit a layup. Um, And it just was like the straw that serves the drink in the way that only Jordan McLaughlin really can be for this team. And it's just, it was his typical spark plug self that we saw early, early last season prior to the calf injury. We saw a couple of times early this season uh, prior to the knee injury. Um, and it makes you wonder, we'll talk more about the rotation here in a minute, like what is his outlook in terms of the rotation moving forward for the Wolves? But that bench, that bench unit plus Anthony Edwards um, got this thing all the way down to 14 points. And then in the fourth quarter, Finch does come back with Towns, with McDaniels, with Mike Conley, um, and he leaves McLaughlin on the floor and Edwards on the floor, I think, to start the fourth Um and, you know, the Wolves continue to chip away and they eventually get it down to within, I believe it was four points at one point in the fourth quarter. Um, but they can't quite get over that hump. Um, I'm going to see if, what it was exactly. They were down six with four and a half minutes to play. It's stuck at six, by the way, for over two minutes. So, yeah, I don't think it ever actually got closer than six. They were down 103.97 with four and a half minutes to play after Ant hit a pair of free throws. And the Wolves, Finch decided to go a little offense defense. I thought this was weird. Um, because there were still four and a half minutes left. And, and I guess part of it was Towns had five fouls, and that's probably the, the main reason for it. Um, but Cat comes out, Anderson comes in, they do a little bit of back and forth, and this thing's stuck at six points. Like, nobody nobody scored at all. Either team, for two and a half minutes, until just over two minutes to play when Julius Randle hits that jumper uh, top of the key, just, under the, just inside the three-point line, as the shot clock's winding down, and uh, puts the Knicks up eight. Cat then makes a tough shot. It's back to six. And then Randall comes down, hits another tough shot. McDaniels missed a mostly open three-pointer. And that was basically it at that point. The Wolves did get it to within five. Um, but then Cat took that terrible. That's right. They had the ball with 40 seconds left down five. Cat had maybe a 28-footer. It would have been a trail three. 
semi-contested, almost the perfect shot for Cap, but it wasn't. he wasn't quite in rhythm. He passed it up and tried to hit a tough floater from the elbow, essentially, and missed it. Uh, wanted a foul call. I don't think that particular play was a foul, but uh, didn't get the call, and that was all she wrote. Um, so, you know, great. I, like, big picture, great to see the Wolves fight back in this one. You know, a, a good start, terrible middle to the game. It needed, it was Jordan McLaughlin and, and a little bit of Ant there that really kind of spurred this thing forward and got the Wolves back into it because they easily, this could have turned into a Suns game. This could have turned into a Hawks game where they lose third by 30 uh, because literally it was some of the worst ball we've seen since that Suns game on the on the second night of a back-to-back in, in what, early November or the Hawks game, the third game of the season. This was non-competitive for, I'll call it a quarter and a half, like basically the whole second quarter and the first half of the third quarter. It it seemed like the Wolves wanted to be anywhere but Madison Square Garden in those moments, uh, which is disappointing. It happens, but disappointing. And then they showed fight. And and to go, you know, the Knicks are a good team. And and so with the energy in the building with Ananobi to go from down 22 to down just six with four and a half minutes to play, uh, like... They expended a lot of energy getting to that point. I get why they didn't close it out. And it's weird to see the Wolves not close out a close game, by the way. I, I meant to go back and look at this. I don't think the Wolves have lost. Well, actually, this is a really quick thing to look at. Uh, yeah, the Wolves did not have a single-digit loss all season since opening night at Toronto. Now, this is only lost eight. So they've lost eight games. Two of them are single-digit losses. It's Monday against the Knicks by six. Opening night at the Raptors by three. Every other loss has been a double-digit loss because the Wolves are good in close games. And it takes another team's best game to beat the Wolves. And oftentimes, if other teams have showed up with the best game, the Wolves have also played a great game and won, or the Wolves just cave. And thankfully in this game, they did not completely cave, but because they had to come all the way back, they ultimately fell short in the fourth quarter with their comeback. Understandable how that happens, um, given everything that led up to it. Overall, key takeaways from this one. Early in the game, the offense was good in the first quarter but it was still too sloppy. It was a lot more of the 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 turnover issues that we continue to see for this team. The Wolves scored 32 points in the first quarter, but they turned it over too much. They turned it over a little bit too much in the second quarter, and that's what led to you know losing a, a nine-point lead at the end of the first frame to being down by 12 at halftime. That was part of the issue, right? The defense was was the main culprit, but the turnovers offensively you know were an issue. And they ended the game with only 13, but... You know, that was part of what gave the Knicks life in this game. And if the Wolves had just done a better job of limiting those early, um, you know, they, they finished with what? Uh, 13 individual turnovers, 14 total turnovers, if you include team turnovers. So they're actually a plus one in terms of total turnovers. But they allowed 13 fast break points to the Knicks. And the Knicks got 23 total points off Wolves turnovers. So... The Wolves actually turned it over one less time than the Knicks, but the Knicks got nine more points than the Wolves in points off turnovers. And that is because the Knicks were getting out and running in transition. The Wolves had a bunch of live ball turnovers and didn't get back defensively. And it goes back to like, this seems like such a silly thing, but it's not. It matters when these guys, when Cat falls down and Nas falls down, and in this game, Anthony Edwards falls down. Um, even late in the game when Ant missed a shot, he was complaining the Knicks were getting back, and I think they got a dunk out of it, um, and maybe even an and one late in the game, because Ant was complaining about a foul call. Like, it's it's harkening back to what Cat used to do all the time, and I thought Ant had gotten a little better, and he's been getting a lot more whistles lately, but that was a problem in this game. I lumped that in with turnovers. It's essentially the same thing. If you're going to shoot a bad shot and fall down and complain, um, and some of the time, sure, you've got to complain. It was a foul, whatever. They didn't call it, but you can't compound the mistake by 
you know, maybe it was a bad shot or whatever. You can't make it worse by falling down, not getting back and or complaining to the official the entire way instead of just getting back and playing defense. And that was a problem early in this game. So turnovers were again an issue. And along with that, I'm going to I'm going to lump in with turnovers the the complaining issues and, and the not getting back defensively, because, again, even though the Wolves are a plus one in turnover margin, they were a minus nine in points off turnovers. And that matters in a game that you end up losing just by six. I have two and a half more takeaways before we get to individual studs and duds. We'll do all that here next to close the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. In fact, this week it wraps up. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you have to do is place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is extremely easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab at FanDuel. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and plenty more. You can look at uh, Wolves Futures. I just saw the, the Futures to win the championship. The Wolves were like eighth in terms of best odds to win the win the title, win the NBA Finals, which to me, I don't know. They've got, what, the second best record in the NBA, the best in the West? Seems a little low for me. Those odds aren't bad over at FanDuel. If you go check that out, go ahead and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet an absolute layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so my first takeaway from this game was turnover issues plus the complaining, falling down, et cetera, not getting back defensively. Uh, those are, that. that's my first takeaway. Second one is the Wolves have to shoot more threes. I've said this before. I did a whole show on it a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Wolves, efficiency-wise, uh, percentage-wise, are a good three-point shooting team. They came into this game fifth in the league in team three-point percentage. They are 19th in three-point attempt rate, if you factor in pace. They're actually only 25th in attempts per game because they just don't shoot enough. And part of that is Ant shooting more mid-range shots and actually a little bit less threes, which is weird. Um, but they've just got to get up more threes. And in a game like this, uh, the Knicks ended up attempting six more threes than the Wolves and making one more three. Especially, and the Wolves continue to shoot it well. Like they were over 39%, 39.3% from three in this game above their season average. So that number is only going to stay the same or improve on the season. Um, you know, if the Wolves get up another five, six shots, they're going to make at least one of those, maybe two of them. And, and then that's the difference between this being a six point loss and potentially, you know, uh, down to the final possession at the end of the game. They just got to get up more threes. And I know it's, well, I don't know. It is that simple, really. Like, they had some opportunities to shoot more threes. Like, actually, that last possession is not a bad one. Like, typically, Towns lets that fly 28 feet out or whatever, even if he's slightly off balance. I'd take my sh- chances there versus Cat shooting a runner trying to draw a foul at the elbow. Like, just the Wolves just have the decision making has to be a little better. And, and part of that is shooting more threes. And Finch maybe needs to just keep going back to this scheme up a few, you know, call a few more set plays four open three-pointers for the Wolves. Uh, whether it's Conley catch-and-shoot, he's so deadly from three, Cat catch-and-shoot, um, you know, whatever it is. And, and he's so good with the ATO, with the out-of-bounds plays. Um, the Wolves, they had a couple against the Lakers that were just dynamite, that they got them open threes. I, it's And it's easier to, to scheme up an open, you know, catch-and-shoot three off, an, off a sideline out-of-bounds or a baseline out-of-bounds play than it is in a half-court set in general. Um, but... They just got to find ways to shoot more threes. The headline, obviously, is rebounding. The Wolves were a minus 15 on the glass in this game. 
a minus 15 on the glass. Gobert had 15 of the Wolves' 34 rebounds. Nobody else on the Timberwolves had more than six, and only one player besides Towns had more. Towns and Gobert had more than four. So they had, let me say this a different way. The Wolves only had three players that individually grabbed four or more rebounds. Ant had four. Cat had six. Rudy Gobert had 15 of the Wolves' 34 rebounds. Jade McDaniels, again, a bad rebounding game. One rebound in 33 minutes. Conley, you'd like him to grab more than two in 29. Off the bench, Nas had two boards in 19 minutes. He had five personal fouls in this game. The Wolves need to find a way to be more consistent on the glass, and it had been getting better, so I'm, I'm willing to accept that this could be a blip on the radar. This could just be like, hey, we didn't grab enough boards in this game, uh, but but you also look at it like, who led the Knicks in rebounding? Josh Hart had 11 rebounds. The, this Going back to last year, one of my biggest gripes last season was the Wolves' backcourt and wings not rebounding their positions well. And the Wolves got rid of D'Angelo Russell Hughes, a major culprit when it came to that. Uh, guys like like Bryn Forbes is one of the worst rebounders in recent memory in the NBA. He was playing rotation minutes. Austin Rivers. Like these guys were not grabbing rebounds. Conley's probably better for another board board per game than D'Lo is. Um, but they need McDaniels to do more. They need Ant to be more consistent. Four isn't enough in 38 minutes for Anthony Edwards. Rebounding was a huge issue in this game. Uh, the Knicks had, a, not only were they a plus 15 on the glass, they had 16 offensive rebounds in this game were a plus 12 on the offensive glass. The Wolves had four offensive rebounds. The Knicks had 16 offensive rebounds in this game. And it directly contributed to the Knicks being competitive in terms of points in the paint. And and the Knicks actually got a, a couple of three-pointers off second-chance opportunities. But the uh, the Wolves were a plus two in points in the paint. And yet they allowed 16 offensive rebounds to the Knicks. That was a major issue. My last takeaway is the rotation. Very curious to see what this looks like. And I'll, I'll talk about it a bit more on Wednesday's show as I get you ready for Wednesday night's Wolves-Pelicans game. Um, but interesting to see if now Jordan McLaughlin is suddenly part of the rotation, similar to like a couple of years ago, Jared Vanderbilt found his way in the rotation by competing uh, in some you know garbage-timey type minutes, providing energy for Chris Finch a couple of years ago, found his way into the rotation that way. Um, this isn't apples to apples because I don't know whose minutes McLaughlin is taking necessarily. Uh, Shake Milton's already out of the rotation. He would have been the easy answer, but like, yeah, he could take Troy Brown's minutes, but now all of a sudden, who's your other wing, right? Like you're playing Kyle Anderson at the three, even more than you were already. And that's not a recipe for winning. He was an issue in this game at times as well with his non-threat, you know, complete as a complete non-threat offensively. So if you're playing more McLaughlin, that means you're getting more Kyle Anderson at the three and or more Jade McDaniels at, um, well, I guess he's already played mostly the three. So mostly you're just getting more Kyle Anderson at the three. And, uh, you know, I guess that's what you're doing Um, or less Kyle Anderson in general, right? Because that's kind of slow-mo's role with the second unit is initiating offense. He and Alexander Walker, you're not going to trim Alexander Walker's minutes. I thought he was pretty good in this game. So whose minutes is he eating into now? Is Troy Brown completely out of the rotation? I think the answer is probably yes. Um, I'm just curious to see. And obviously the, the matchup should should dictate that somewhat. And and the Pelicans matchup maybe isn't the best one for McLaughlin, although I guess you could counteract the Alvarado minutes maybe. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that on Wednesday's show, previewing that game and also the rotation as a whole. Uh, but something to keep an eye on. All right, individual studs and duds quickly here. Studs for the Wolves. Yes, Ant had some turnover issues, some bad ones. There was one really bad one when they were down just a couple possessions late. Uh, but still, he was essentially, it was Ant and Jane McDaniel, or excuse me, Jordan McLaughlin, that were the reasons in the third quarter that this thing went from 21 to 16 very quickly. And along with Cat were the reasons why it went from 16 to, what, six or five or whatever late in the game. 
or middle stage of the fourth quarter. It was good overall. Uh, You'd like a little more work on the glass. You'd like him to be better defensively. You'd like less than, you know, four turnovers in 38 minutes for somebody with the ball in his hands that much isn't awful, but a couple of them were pretty brutal. Um, 35 points on 21 shots, four of nine shooting, nine of 10 at the line. Uh, Not, uh, not too bad of an ant game. I'm also going to give a stud to Carl Anthony Towns. Um, There were moments that weren't great, but after his last three performances, his second half was also vital to the Wolves being competitive in this game. And I thought, again, he got the short end officiating wise. I, I, if you listen to the show, I talk about officiating maybe every two to three weeks. I don't know, on average, every like five or six games, it, it becomes a thing we need to talk about. I never tweet about it. I never post on X about it. I did during this game because I couldn't help myself. Like there was a couple sequences in there where Cat, you know, somebody's putting two hands on Cat, like literally standing him up. Um, I can't remember. I think it might have been Hartenstein, but like putting a body into him when he's trying to turn and face the basket. Like that's a foul 10 times out of 10. I don't like it just is. And then literally the next time down the floor, Brunson does a step through and, you know, kind of, I guess like the way his body was, it looked like cat like used his knee and tried to like undercut Brunson, which he didn't. And the ref got tricked and, and uh, called a foul on cat. And that was like the perfect example of a ref going, Oh, it's cat. So he probably fouled him, which like, I get it. You have a reputation you earn. I understand that there's a, implicit or or unintentional bias because you assume a player is going to commit an act. It's obviously not what you're supposed to do as a ref, but I get it, right? Refs are human. One of the reasons I don't like to complain too much about it. They've got a job to do too. But the way that Cats officiated is so wrong and so uh, just incorrect. Like, it's just wrong. I, I mean, he was... Guys follow him constantly on offense and he doesn't do himself favors. And I, I've it's been a while since I've mentioned this, but it's a vicious cycle. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy of Cat saying, I don't get a good whistle, him complaining, and then ref saying, you're complaining, we're not going to give you a whistle, we're sick of this. It's it's awful. And because otherwise he had such a good, like 29 points on 18 shots, three of five from outside the arc, bad decision on that last possession to shoot it from the elbow on a floater instead of a three-pointer, but um, like competitive. Julius Randle ate his lunch a little bit there in the first half, stole his lunch money, however, however you want to say that, in the first half. Um but I mean, I don't know. The Wolves forced him into six turnovers. A couple of those were by Kyle Anderson, I think. But, um, you know, Cat, Cat was good in this game overall. He just had some of those issues again, and, and the refs didn't do him any favors. Um, third stud, obviously Jordan McLaughlin, nine points, three assists. He was four or five shooting, one or two on threes. His only miss was a, a corner three that just rattled out. A couple of steals was a plus 13 in 12 minutes and likely earned himself a rotation job for, uh, for Wednesday against New Orleans. Uh, my duds for this game, I'm going to go Jaden McDaniels, just a poor performance from Jaden on both ends, uh, you know, following up his horrendous technical late against LeBron and the Lakers on Saturday. He went one of five on threes, missed an easy little four footer. The, the Knicks gave him on the baseline, like just a bad McDaniels game, eight points, one rebound in 33 minutes, two of eight shooting one of five on threes and a, a subpart offensive game for him as well. Also Troy Brown Jr. He only played six minutes. But the Wolves lost his six minutes by 15 points. 15 points. He had a couple of bad offensive plays, had one turnover, had two, three horrible defensive plays. Uh, I love Troy Brown, but he, like, based on this performance, it was the opposite of what he did Saturday. And and it's it's the trick, right? If you're, if you're one of these fringe rotation guys and you're called on, you better perform. If you don't, you're out of the rotation. And that's probably what happens here. Um, you know, him and Shake Milton, two of the, the, the two outside additions this offseason to the bench unit um, are 
or I guess to the to the rotation period, the only two guys that were completely new to the organization this this offseason, both are likely to be DNPCD Saturday if things play out according to plan probably for Chris Finch. All right, so uh, studs, cat, ant, and Jordan McLaughlin, duds, Troy Brown Jr., and Jade McDaniels in this one. Next up, the Wolves have the New Orleans Pelicans at home on Wednesday. That's a 7 p.m. Central tip. Back at Target Center, it's a one-game homestand after this one-game road trip. Before the Wolves go on the road for four, a weird like Texas, Florida, Boston road trip. They get Houston at Houston Friday at Dallas Saturday, excuse me, Sunday, um, and then at Orlando and at Boston on a back-to-back next week, which will be real tough. So uh, almost done with this gauntlet. Five more games. If you go back to that uh, that New Orleans loss, if you want to call that the beginning of the gauntlet. Since then, the Wolves are six and four. Like, you know, maybe a game worse than I thought, but six and four against this this run of games. And, you know, with they've only had two consecutive home games this whole time. It's a bunch of road games and they're all playoff teams. Not bad so far overall. Uh, we'll see how they bounce back against the Pels uh, on Wednesday. Of course, last time the Wolves played the Pels, it was the, the start of the stretch back on December 11th. And that was that uh, that 14-point loss on the road uh, in New Orleans. All right. Wednesday, we'll talk about that matchup. We'll talk rotation. I want to talk lineup data. I want to talk about you know what are McLaughlin's ideal lineups. How does Chris Finch get him some minutes? We'll look at some of the big rotation stuff as well on Wednesday, too. We'll do all that on Wednesday on the show. A big thank you to those that do make Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Locked on Wolves. You can also watch on the Locked on Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and you can follow at X at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T, and also at B-Beacon with two Bs, two Es, CK. Ian. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.